0: Welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network.
1: All right, uh, this is Phil here. I'm at the, I'm in, mean, is this a Hispanic festival in St. Louis Soulard Park? i um, with Ricardo of St. Louis Club Atlético. Uh, Ricardo, how's it going? It's going really good. Thank you for taking a second to meet with me. You're really busy setting everything up today. But uh, we're here to talk about Club Atletico, and um, you're here to kind of promote that there's
2: a lot going on with this club. So why don't you give me a nice, easy introduction of what you're doing? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to play the NPSL this summer, the PASL, which is the Professional Arena Soccer League in the winter. And so that's what we're promoting right now is, uh, is our two teams focusing on the indoor team right now. Uh, but here today, that's why I invited you, is – the other half of what we're doing is just everything in the community. So we're going to be promoting our community camps that are free uh, here in the city and just over the river. And you're partnering with a lot of nonprofits, kind of seeing that as a way
1: to invest in the community and, and maybe use that partially as a draw, perhaps. But um,
2: to you know, soccer clubs like this aren't in it for the money. So explain how that rolls with you. Yeah, for us, I mean, uh, you have to run your team like a business. It can't be a hundred percent nonprofit. But if you do the marketing right, uh, you serve the community right, you build a network, you'll get those corporate sponsors that want to be a part of you. Okay, How's it going, sir? Uh, so that's what we have today to, to promote. Hardy's has stepped up and loved what we are doing with the community, and they say they want to be a part of it. So they've sponsored three of our next camps that we're going to be providing so that we don't have to charge the kids. No pay to play. No, nope, no, exactly. <laughs> we got to get rid of that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, so let's
1: talk in depth about, um, I guess, this indoor club. That's the same division as Ambush.
2: It's one below. It is one below, okay. You know, our mission here is to feed professional teams because there's a gap from college to pro. There's a major gap and we're trying to serve those kids from 21 to 25 years old, 21 to 23 years old. There's nothing really there that's just set for that. Right. So we remain neutral. We, we uh, capture all of these kids into our team and try to help them. So we could feed local pro teams here. We could feed teams all across the country. Mm-hmm. Indoor and outdoor now. And across the world. And we're already doing that across the world. We'll get to that in just a second, but that gap that
1: we talked about last time was kind of a gap between, yeah, you go to college, you graduate, you can't quite make that USL squad. Right. Um, maybe, you know, that MPSL PDL right. model
2: is perfect for those guys in the middle. Right. Yeah. it was, Like most of the PDL teams, they're coming off of, like, they have a club and they have academy and then they have PDL. So if you're not within that, you're not really going to get in that niche. So... There's a lot of kids that even do go pro. Maybe they do one year out of college, they go pro, but if they get cut, that's also an issue that we have in our country. Even the ones that make it get cut, there's nothing to catch them. They're they're done, they fade in, they're now looking for jobs, and they're just missing their prime. So if they get cut, if they don't make it, if they haven't tried, they don't know where to connect, we want people to see our brand as that. We just want to give you that second level that second chance yeah second chance to make it even higher and and feed those other clubs like you said um
1: and and people i've read some articles talking about comparing how soccer has grown so big but still there's not as many minor league minor league quote soccer teams as there are in baseball and and all these other clubs if you include ncaa football so there's a lot of room to grow obviously plenty of players to go around on this level so um, talk to me about your model as far as being able to use other countries you've done this before in uh,
2: Bolivia and you have a new club in Africa. Tell me more about that. It's a really cool model. Yeah, uh, so we, st- we started trying to help kids in South America come to St. Louis and play college ball. And that's what I was doing at the college I was at with one of my alumni who's from Bolivia. We couldn't predict what was happening today, present day. Today now we have 250 kids in our academy over there. We've got a facility over there that I couldn't even build here. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so easy to do stuff there. Uh, we had a great team over there. And then we put our elite players in the league. And like everywhere else in the world, you got pro, you got rel, and they've moved up into a division or two below professional, their division. And I believe it was like 900 bucks to put this team in that league. Oh my gosh. Uh, to run this team, it's, it's very minimal uh, cost. Uh, and that's in Bolivia, and that's, that's crunching numbers. That's doing some really positive things. And then Charles Rankin, who played played locally here, he's a local boy. He's out in Seattle right now. That's two, yeah. We partnered uh, on this academy structure where I want to just help these kids get into college. And then the next wave is, okay, they stay in college. They play with us in the summer. Now the pro team's see them, college team's team see them. And then they move up. So we launched in Zambia together. And uh, we're about to do a team there as well. And uh, that will only be a division below professional. And that thing blew up. We're in the largest city. Um, and the sky's the limit. I've been, I've been approached just this summer from professional players that I used to play with in the Latin League, where I grew up playing right here in the St. Louis Latin League, that are now playing uh, professionally in Portland. He wants to do an academy in Kenya. He already bought the land. Oh my. So I'm getting approached. And then in Nigeria, there was a father whose son plays for us now from Nigeria. He comes back from Nigeria this week. He tried to, I gave him the structure, what do you got to do to start an academy? And so in a week, I could find out that we started it in Nigeria. So I'm from South City, and we have five different international academies all trying to help those really poor kids come to college, come to high school. We have kids in high school here. And then the other layer is, well, what's after that? Uh, You're helping local guys come back from college, try to go pro. you got guys internationally trying to go pro. So, I mean, if you got the heart to do it, it can be done. And this is such a rich soccer city, and I'm just trying to take the roots and the nutrients of that and expose it. And it's opportunity, it sounds like, is knocking on the door.
1: I mean, you're, you're just barely getting started, and you've got you right. know, people looking to go into Africa with you. So um, you've got a lot going on today. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So just any closing thoughts, something you want to say to people who are interested in this, where they can find you, and, yeah, yeah.
2: and, and why they should look That's into you? Absolutely. Uh, we do camps all over, and basically if someone contacts us and says, hey, I have a group of kids that we'd love for you to come and do something, you contact us, we work that out. The event we have coming up now, and that's what we're here also promoting today, is the uh, is a kids ch- uh, charity, uh, it's a cancer charity, and we're doing a we're doing a fundraiser with the St. Louis Ambush. We're playing against the Ambush, our indoor team is playing against the Ambush on October 28th, St. Charles Veta Arena at 7 p.m. Tickets are going on sale. They'll be all over our websites, in uh, our social media. And 100% of that is going to families who have kids with cancer. It pays their bills. So you can just be there with your child and be there with your family. And it's really special. And that's what we're about. If there's anyone doing something amazing in our city, in the world, charity, youth, kids, contact me. Because our summer season is three months. Our winter season is eight weeks. The rest of the year it's working with those platforms and trying to lift them up. Very cool. Thanks again for talking to me, Ricardo. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks again to Ricky for meeting with me. Like I said, um, he was really busy that day. And that was a while ago. Um, I'm just now posting some things because my computer kind of shut down on me for a week straight after I got (laughs) like three or four interviews, um, not least of which is the one that's about to follow. That's with AJ Cochran and Tyler David. Um, I've met with him, them. I've uh, met with... Um, a few players basically i 'm trying to get as much as I can to kind of wrap up uh, the season to kind of maybe give us all an idea of, of what happened this season, uh, where things went wrong, the more uh, views we get uh, the better and there 's good in there too you know people are you know it 's not all as as bad as we all think. some good things happened behind the scenes and um, to To say the least there 's been a lot of improvement individually on this team, and I think that 's evident if you watch the games even so um, but I wanted to say a few things about Ricky. I think he mentioned about um you know all the different opportunities his club is going to provide St Louis, uh, including Young players in the United States, young players from abroad, um, and bringing them over will perhaps help the level of soccer in St. Louis and also give those guys an education, um, an opportunity that they may not be able to get in their own country, at least not as good an opportunity. Um, we're all very spoiled to be Americans for sure. So, um, he's doing a lot of good stuff with that. He's also partnering with a lot of, uh, nonprofit or organizations and, um, I think it sounded a little cynical in that you know it is a good way to market your team, but uh, the fact that he's bringing more attention to them and that they're bringing more attention to soccer is just a really good mutual beneficial mutually beneficial uh, relationship there, and and it's a smart one to make. St. Louis FC does it too. and uh, I'm just glad that, you know, it's not just, a, like I said, a cynical way to try to get people out. It's, it's, it's him working with some of the best organizations I've come, I've come across, um, and so there's interviews coming with one or two of those organizations in the future too. Uh, a few guys that are just really, they've wrapped their lives around helping St. Louis and helping the world and also helping this, the soccer world on top of that. So it's really cool, uh, joining of, of the different worlds that I'm going to be able to try to cover here on STL soccer report. Um, okay. Um, that's enough. Please do keep, um, keep, uh, your attention to us as we throughout the uh, off season here i'm about to go talk to uh, go to a slew game on wednesday with aj and tyler it looks like uh, i'm going to keep in contact with stl club atletico i'm going to cover SLU a little bit i'm going to talk to a lot of different guys from the soccer organizations throughout the city yeah, there's a lot coming uh, including interviews with players and especially as as time goes on here the guys that are going to stay around st louis a little bit longer because they're locally um located here so look forward to that in the near future but i'm going to talk no more because there's a lot of content coming your way still this is my interview with aj and tyler about this season. They were very forthcoming and, um, they really, they answered everything I really wanted to ask. So, um, listening on this and enjoy. All right, welcome back. I am here with Tyler David. We got A.J. Cochran. We're at Square One Brewery. The temperature is nice. It's a beautiful day, and we're here to kind of talk about everything that's happened this year. Uh, These are two of the returning players out of three in St. Louis and so I've gotten to talk to these guys the most out of everyone in the team so it's good to have uh, these guys here. Thank you guys for joining me and how's the day going so far?
0: It's going good, it's going good. Thanks for having us.
1: All right, man. Well, right, let's start off with how the season has gone. We'll start with the good because it started out really good. Uh, AJ, can you get us started with that about how the season started?
0: Yeah, so the season started off very good. We were 3-0-1 through our first four games of the year. Um, obviously a very positive thing after a lot of off-season changes, um, only returning three players, getting a lot of, a lot of new guys in the locker room, um, a new coach. So to start the season 3-0-1 was definitely a very positive and definitely one of the more positive things about our season in general. Yeah,
1: and you guys worked really hard in training throughout the season, but preseason was pretty tough. I remember seeing you guys in Florida. You had a bunch of games all in a row, and everyone looked really tired, even though the results didn't always show that. Um, uh, you guys worked really hard, and, and you got some uh, some benefits from that in the first few games. Tyler, how were, how were those games for you? I'm not sure if you were starting at that point.
3: Um, are we talking preseason games? Or, no,
1: let's start about like the, the, the first couple games season. we did okay. really
3: well. Um, yeah, you know... I think
1: I you can shut a few of those down.
3: I think the... Uh, yeah, I, so I came in the Ottawa game, the second game of the year, was my yeah. first appearance. Um, and then that, Ivan broke his leg that game, so um, oh, geez, I jumped that in early. Yeah, the second game, so for I that. was able to jump in. Um, the next couple uh, I think that high was almost made the low seem so much, seem so much lower because you know starting out a new team everybody's really excited Three zero and 1 it seems like everything's going well and then when you hit a little bit of a rut it seems that much worse and uh, everybody's a little bit confused but um you know with preseason and everything it was it was good to get to know everybody um the team was still forming um you know you look at guys like Amir and Tony Looking back now, they didn't even come until about halfway through the season on yeah. the team, and they were huge contributors. Uh, so, you know, it was a whirlwind, but uh, it was definitely good to get that good start uh, with the new, new group of guys.
1: Yeah, and, and it kind of took a turn from there. It kind of leveled out low and kind of stayed there. Really, I feel like we're kind of still in that world, even though there have been a couple really, really nice, shining uh, light games for you guys Um Let's kind of talk about all the things... You know, a lot has been said online, right? Just like we're going to hear a lot on Twitter. We're going to hear a lot about what people think about the team. And let's just talk about some of the things they might be be blaming. Let's just get this out of the way. Um, Some people will blame the locker room. Some people will blame the coach, the GM... Let's talk about the locker room. Um, from what we talked about earlier, it sounds like you guys get along pretty well. What's the locker room been like this year, even compared to last year, AJ? let's
0: Yeah, um, so last year I thought we had a great locker room as well, but this year the locker room has been, you know, also tremendous. Um, all of us get along really well. I was saying earlier that, you know, we all sit together at lunch every single day. Uh, when we get together off the field, it's, you know, the team came together very fast for having this many, you know, new guys into a locker room sometimes it might take some time for everyone to get acclimated to each other, but it was really it was really a fast transition, in my opinion. Um, our locker room's filled with a bunch of hardworking guys, you know, true professionals, and I've really enjoyed, you know, obviously the season has not gone the way that we've wanted it to go, but um, in terms of personnel in our locker room, um, as people and players, I really enjoyed it. I think our locker room was definitely one of the positive things about this year.
1: And then, Tyler, you know, AJ's talking about how hard everyone tried. Um, there's definitely been an uptick we've seen in training as far as the level of physicality, what's expected of you every game. Can you talk about training this year even versus last year? And, and even throughout the season, has it been maintained? Has it fallen off? How do you feel like training's gone this For sure. So obviously
3: preseason, like you said, there's tired legs and everything, but that's part of preseason. Getting through I mean, I don't remember many off days in the preseason <laughs> at all.
0: Um None. not at all. But <laughs> a
3: few, a few but not many. Right. Interesting. But uh Coach Preki Preki always made a point of joking about how training was so easy. Um I think you know that's kinda the reputation he's built about how hard his training sessions are. Um and it helped having guys who had played for him before who set the standard for us for sure from, from day one that knew what it was all about. Um, And it definitely didn't ease up as the season went on. (laughs) Um, I remember we had a trialist or a college kid in uh, in about mid-season. And it was, uh, I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but, uh, it was just one training session and we came off the field and he said that was one training session was way harder than any two a day he'd ever had in his entire life. So, um, but I also think that standard um, made the team a lot better day in and day out. Uh, talking to, you know, sometimes my old ex-college coaches would come or ex-teammates I had to come watch and, uh, you know, they always said you can see your team getting better every day with how hard you guys train. Um, so I think that was a huge benefit, how we trained this year, for sure.
1: Without a doubt, and I've been able to see that. I think, I hope everyone has seen that. Um, if they haven't, I honestly would say they're, they're blind to uh, improvement, but um, let's talk about Precky. What's it been like playing for Precky this year? Tell me about the good side of, of learning from Precky and playing under Precky, AJ, let's start um,
0: Yeah, so first of all, Precky obviously has a fantastic resume. Um, before he was hired here, and you know, just to kind of continue to touch on the trainings. I mean, that's, you know, that's tough for a coach every single day and, you know, day in and day out to set a standard for what trainings are supposed to be like. Um, And I think Precky did a really good job of that. Um, He's super intelligent about the game. He knows the game. He's played at some of the high, like the highest level. Um, I think he's in the MLS all time, starting 11. So just in terms of the knowledge that he brings to the game and his intensity was something that definitely rubbed off on me. You knew every day going into training that you were going to have to bring, you know, you were going to have to bring not only a lot of energy, but you are going to have to be super focused and go out there and compete for your job.
1: Yeah, and competing for your job. Every single player I've talked to this year has mentioned how, It's been really strange to have the talent you guys have on the team and still kind of get these losses. And I think as a fan, we're kind of thinking somewhat the same thing. To a certain extent, I guess, perhaps we're wondering, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Um, Has that been something you've wrestled with this year, Tyler? Like, obviously, there's a lot of talent on this team. Uh, what has it been like competing with those those guys for a spot and, and taking losses even though training seems to go really well? How has that been throughout you know, the season?
3: It's obviously really tough mentally for the team to get through something like that. Um, as far as competing with guys that are talented and training, it only makes you better. Um, so even games that I haven't played or have come off the bench or things of that nature, um, I know every week in training I'm still getting better whether I'm getting those reps in the game or not. So that was a huge benefit far as my development as a player and I think a lot of players in our locker room Um, but yeah it's obviously tough to come to training week in and week out and not be getting the results you're expecting to get Um, so you know it's important for the guys in the locker room to not get too chippy with each other you know it's okay to go out of that practice but you know there's a fine line where you got to stay positive and got to keep battling to be able to get the result in the next week
1: Yeah, because the the fights are gonna happen on field, right? For sure. But then they're also your brothers off the field, so I imagine that happens from time to time. Everyone gets heated in training. What's it like just being a soccer player, even on the USL level? It's been rising and rising. What's it like? Dealing with players in a professional standard. You guys are getting paid to do this every day. You're right. expected to show up to practice. Uh, AJ, what's you've been doing it for years. Yeah. You know, starting with Houston, uh, Dynamo. Right. Uh, what's that been like on the pro level? Maybe compare it to college. Was it was it a lot different?
0: Um, I think it is different. I mean, once you get to the professional level, you know, we're all professionals. So the big thing is once you're at work and once you're on the field, you know, I think a lot of guys have a different personality than once they get into the locker room, and fairly so. Um, You know, you're talking about your job and you're competing for your job. But once you leave – once you leave the field and you get back into the locker room, you know, I think you need to be a completely different person. You need to let what happened on the field stay on the field and then transition into the locker room and, you know, be your normal self and be a good teammate. Um, and that thing, that's what I think being a professional is all about. Um, and I think our team has done a really good job with that this year. Of course there's moments, you know, where practices are going to get heated, like you said. Um, and in the locker room, maybe the first five to ten minutes are awkward. Or maybe even, you know, maybe someone just comes in and takes a shower and leaves. Sure, That's okay. If he comes in the next day and, you know, it's cooled down, that's, that's part about being a professional. That's part about the competitive nature of the job. Competing for your spot every single day. Um, so in terms of this year and and Houston was the same way, I think I've been a part of, you know, good teams and, you know, some of my best friends are, you know, really good friends I've met in this, in this, um, you know, in this job, in this profession. You know, it's been super enjoyable. It's been super enjoyable. That's, you know, why we love doing it. We love going out there competing with each other every single day. It's just not good once, you know, and I haven't ran into this. So it's good when no one carries it back into the locker room because that could really divide the locker room. And like I said earlier, our locker room was one of our strengths this year. That's good. And part of that is, obviously, if you're getting upset
1: on the field, that means you care at least. And so there have been doubts. and in public at least about whether the team cares right and um, as far as you guys can tell I mean like you said, you guys are coming in professionally every day to practice. Does this team still care, Tyler? Is this a team that's going at it every single game and still trying? Because I, I just want—before you answer, I want to say it's got to be hard to lose game after game after game and still have trust in a coach who's working you to death. I mean, those two things going together—it's got to be hard. How has the team responded to the losses? You know, I think anybody who's
3: watched us play despite the losses, despite the unfortunate results, has seen the effort and the desire. Um, I think from what I've seen even in more than in years past with this club in general, I think everybody here is a professional and understands. Um, what we're here to do and so at the end of the day um, whether we're winning or losing you're still either playing. You're. I've, I forgot who told me this, but no matter no, when you're a professional soccer player, you're playing in front of somebody every day. You know, you might not even know it. You might not know who's in the stands. You might not know who's at training. But whether it works out here or it works out with another club, we're always playing for our job. And and so, that includes for the rest of the season. Yeah. Right? And so I Absolutely. think a lot of people have taken, or a lot of you know, experienced pros in our locker room understand that, yeah. and that even. Even if some, somebody's struggling with the results, they understand that perspective of it. Um, and then the last thing I would say to uh, Precky, you know, has taken us together. You know, we can't make the playoffs anymore, but we owe it to the fans, to this city, to this community to bring everything we have for the last two weeks. Um, while we can still show what we got.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is good to hear. Uh, that's a good sort of thing for fans to be able to hear on this podcast if you're listening. Um, what does the rest of the season look like? Obviously, no matter who you're playing, like you said, you never know who's watching. You guys are going to play for yourselves at the very least. It sounds like you're trying to put on a show or do a good job for your city as well. You guys are both somewhat locals. Uh, you went to school here, Tyler and AJ. You grew up here your whole life, so... Um, what does it look like the rest of the season, even though they're not meaningful games? Is it nice to try to play spoiler? Is it just kind of nice to be able to put in 110% just for your own peace of mind? How do you go into that, AJ?
0: Yeah, you know, this just, it goes back to being a good professional and, you know, trying to give the fans, you know, everything that they they deserve. Obviously, this is our third year now without making the playoffs, and of course, the fans, you know, should be upset. Um, And, you know, it's, it's our duty as professionals to go out there and continue to leave it all on the field, like I think we've done all year. You know, our results really haven't gone the way we want them to go, obviously, but, we're going to go out there just like it's any other game. You're not going to see. You're not going to see us, or, or you know, you're not going to see us go out there and put a half, you know, half a half an effort in. Um, the fans deserve more more than us than that. Um, in terms of you know how we're going to play or the personnel, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know, but. We definitely don't want to go. You know, we don't want to go out on a you know on a losing note. We want to go out on a high note and look forward to next year. I think that's a super important. Um, and I definitely don't think you're going to see anyone give up by any means. <laughs> that's yeah. not who we are. Like I said, our locker room is good, and we're going to go out there and we're going to you know hopefully put on a show and get three points. Good stuff.
1: Let's talk about. Um, you know, we've talked about player intensity and people trying so far this year. We've talked about Precky a little bit about how the season's gone and what he wants from you guys. Let's talk about, you know, what other people are blaming. If they're going to blame the coach or the players, they're going to mention the front uh, front office. It's not your job to sit here and judge them, but if you were to defend them, right, you're the ones under them. What are the best things about this front office? What are the things they did this year in order to uh, try to do their best, to supply the best team with the best chance to win Tyler, what are some of the best things about the front office that you've experienced in your time
3: here? I mean, you look at it just from the start of, or the end of last year, I guess, basically the start of this uh, season is they went out and got Brecky. Somebody with an unbelievable resume who has won championships, who has coached in the MLS, who's coached championship teams in the USL. Um, that made a statement to this entire fan base of this entire city what this club was all about. Um, and then following that, they brought back three players only. Um, they went out and got players that have, are proven guys in this league. Not that guys from our team last year didn't deserve to be here. I, you know, I think highly of... Uh, a majority, if not all, the players on our team last year, but they went out and got guys who are proven in this league, proven champions, and that just showed how committed they were to creating a championship environment in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, and tell i come right back to you. What have been the biggest challenges to the team this season? If you had to nail down, maybe it's a certain game, maybe it's a certain uh, event, certain events, uh, what has been the biggest challenge to the team as a whole that they face this year and let's be really super clear we're not saying excuses right no excuses but it what would have been the biggest challenges to the team this year um
3: one challenge i think that and like you said i don't want to use this as an excuse in any way because every single team yeah. in professional sports faces this exact problem is injuries yeah. that's one thing our our captain our leader breaks his leg in the second game hmm. of the season That. You know, regardless of anything, regardless of the quality we have in the locker room, that is never going to be good for the mental aura of the entire team right away. Um, you know, and so everybody knows we've had plenty of injuries this year, just like every other team has. Yeah. Um, so that's one limitation for sure. We had a new group of guys, we had three guys return, like we said. Um, and I think I, I've alluded to this to you before. Uh, it's not just on the field. You know, we, when people come to St. Louis, they're not coming here just to play soccer. And then they get to go back to where they're, you know, they're changing their entire lives. They're in a new city, a new environment. So there's off the field aspects that are different about your life that may or may not affect your on field play. But it's just a different environment and something you have to get used to. Um, and so the whole new group, new coach, all that, I think. You know, taking time to gel and everything. The first four games were good, but maybe we're, a li- I don't want to say lucky, but a little bit fortunate to get those four results right away and make it seem maybe even a little bit better than it was. Because mm. as Preki always has said, it's going to take time for everything to come together.
1: That's right. a good point. And maybe even taking advantage of uh, other teams not yeah. being quite ready early on. Maybe you guys were 100%. a little bit... 100%. 100%. Right. AJ, anything to add to that? Some things that were challenging?
0: Um... For things that were challenging, you know, a big thing for me, which, you know, might be obvious to the fans or not, is just going on streaks during the season. I think that was one thing that um, I thought we could have done better at. Like our first, like you just said, to start the season was really good to go 3-0-1 the way we started the season. But we really struggled throughout the year to to string some wins together. You know, it was very up and down. It was a win and then a couple losses or a win-loss and tie, and I really think you know to to have that obviously after a win to have that enjoyment in the locker room and the energy in the week you know the weeks following that uh, that game are very, very important to continue for team success and that was one thing that I think we struggled with this year was just stringing multiple wins together and multiple results
1: that makes that's a good answer um, Tyler, let's talk about some good things that you saw from the team this year. What were some of the best things, best experiences this season in, in what the team is doing?
3: despite the results um the resiliency to come in day in and day out and still bring it um i that's you know that's tough to say especially in our situation but um i think it's credit to all the guys in the locker room for sticking with it even though you know especially our last couple games weren't the best um everybody's still here to win the last two games and it's been here the whole season um I think our style of soccer was a lot more entertaining this year. I don't maybe I don't know if fans would agree or not, but I think we definitely tried to play the game the right way and played, it. despite maybe not scoring goals sometimes or maybe giving up too many, we played a lot better, or we played a, a more attractive style than a lot of teams in the US, I would think. Um, I think the way we played is, is a credit to, you know, what Krekke has implemented and you know the high pressing and all that is a lot more entertaining for fans, um, despite the despite the results. Um, but you know it's hard to find a lot of positives. So yeah. many positives in this situation, but well,
1: it's, an, it's a results-oriented business. Exactly, Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. I understand that completely. AJ, anything that sticks out this season, some good spots, some, some benefits. For me. Uh, if I can maybe add to it, yeah. some of the tougher teams you guys played, you guys really stepped it up mm-hmm. like Against the Fire, it was a really exciting game. Right. Um, you know, when the Rowdies came to you, it was still, I mean, you dominated that mm-hmm. game. So um, anything in that regard, like some good games that stick out for you in the season,
0: I think the Tampa Bay game, like you just you know mentioned, Don, was a big one to come from behind, and we won 4-3, correct? Or yeah, we won 4-3 or 3-2. Last yeah, four minute, 4-3, 4-3, yeah. last <laughs> minute. Like, you know, that's a that's a big game. Like I said, that for the next week, that training was you know, like it was it was just a different energy level. Not saying the energy level, but I mean like we've said it, you no, know, the podcast morale, oh, I guess morale. Yeah, exactly, natural. exactly. Um, so that was definitely you know a positive point. Um, and just to go back, just to go back, I know we're not to beat a dead horse, but the trainings, I mean, to go and not have, you know, good results on the road and to lose, to lose and give up goals in, you know, late moments of the game to still come in that next week and, you know, to train as hard as we did, um, was a credit to all the guys in our locker room and a credit to Precky and our coaching staff to continue to hold that high standard. Um. Yeah, so I would really think that's a big positive.
1: I'm going to ask year. you guys both these questions. I'll kind of talk here while you think about it. I want to ask you both maybe what is the toughest team you both faced? Because as a defender, AJ, and mm-hmm. Tyler, you play that role as well. Some of these teams are harder to defend than others. Um, maybe even just your style of play versus certain teams would be harder. So I'd like to hear about that. And even um, certain players that were really difficult to deal with or s- certain opponents that were really uh, stood out as really quality players that you could see moving to the next level. Tyler, let's start with you with, like, the first team that was kind of the most difficult to deal with this year.
3: Well, okay, I, I know this from a bunch of different perspectives since I played quite a few positions on the field this Which we'll talk year. about, yes. Um, I think the toughest team in the Eastern Conference for pretty much the last three years is Louisville. Oh really? I think they are I would agree very I, I didn't think the expect way they that. play, I think they are when if you would ask me who's the top team, who, I think someone asked me that mid season, I said Louisville in the uh, Eastern Conference. I think they are a good team.
1: What makes them so good? Because as a as a I'm you know, I'm, I'm not the best soccer analyst, uh, nor would I claim to be ever. Uh, but what makes them so good? Because it's hard to see with them compared to sometimes Cincinnati is a little more flashy, Charleston has a good System that really works for them. What makes Louisville so successful? So Louisville's a little
3: different than last year. Last oh. year, um, you know, last year they had um, oh, what's his name? Cincinnati defensive backkiller. Yeah. Now Andy uh, no, Quinn. Quinn. Big, oh, Quinn. Okay. Quinn changed the dynamic for their team last year a lot. Yeah. You know, he's really he was really good on the ball mm. and really settled the game. I I remember watch. I didn't play in the Louisville game last year, but I or maybe I came in at the end. But I remember watching, and I was like he's probably the best player on the field. I was very impressed the way he played and controlled the game. Yeah. Uh, without him this year, Louisville's dynamic was a little different. Their midfield was a little more athletic. Okay. Um, but they've always been a really organized team, and... Um, they pick their moments you know they're yeah. they're not afraid to sit behind the ball they're okay with that but they're also okay with pressing and so they kind of the way they mix it up i think makes them a tough team to play against and they know what they do i mean they, they have a ball. system and they yeah. they all know and they're all on the same page they've been together for a while um and then if i were to pick another team though uh a really tough team to play against From i'm even though i'm a defensive player i'm kind of I have an offensive mindset you know on the ball Rochester is a really hard team to oh, break down. Really? Because oh, no, to break, to break down. down. Oh, to yes. Super, super yeah. organized. So, so just organized. thinking of a, from having the ball perspective, yes. that is the great all of China trying to get through that's them awesome. um, and if you saw you uh, whoever watched our game versus them yes. in St. Louis especially yeah. that was a 0-0 game and that's probably what it should have been because it was. there was no you weren't getting any looks
0: against them <laughs>
3: so just as far as that perspective Louisville came to mind and Rochester came to mind really um, good. one What's other team
0: good? that I would throw in there as well was Charlotte okay. I think Charlotte has some attacking has some attacking personnel that are pretty gifted for this league mm-hmm. I think um, you know and Martinez, and they're uh, they're crafty players. They're crafty players. So yeah. for me, for a center back perspective, um, you know, little guys that are very technical around the ball and around the box like that, that can get shots off quickly. Like I think that's one thing that Charlotte does a good job. They have a very good chemistry in their attack in the attacking third. Yeah, you
1: don't see a lot of guys from that midfield uh, position get so many goals mm-hmm. in season. Right. So. Um, what Also, what made Charlotte so good? Because, I mean, were they good defenders as well? Tyler, I don't know if you faced their defense, but they just seemed to be They
3: had an so athletic
0: slow. back line, didn't they?
3: They had two very big defensive midfielders. Another goalkeeper's really good, good. Good goalkeeper. Um, their back line was athletic. I wouldn't say they were great soccer players, but I'd say they were pretty athletic and yeah. knew what they were good at. Um, okay. No, you know what? To be honest, Charlotte's not afraid to play, though. They play out of the back no matter what. Their goalie does not kick it I mean they play out of the back no matter what and if you that game we lost 5-1 to them we actually if you watch the first 15 minutes of that game we turned them over probably 7 or 8 times in great opportunities and we just didn't exploit it and you know what if we find a way to get a goal or two there that game is probably a lot different but we just didn't take advantage of those chances we got so that's why I didn't pick Charlotte because they try to play a lot but they give you opportunities it's just a matter of taking advantage of them or not
1: that's interesting I think I even claim that they don't make a lot of mistakes earlier in the season. That shuts it down. It's really good good to know because uh, you're right. Now, thinking back, they did turn the ball over a lot for that game. Um, let's talk about individual players. AJ, let's start with you because you're a defender. Like, who gives you the most trouble in the box this year? In the box? Um, I don't know as is- – going back to... You could to even give me a combination right. of players, if you will, because that's hard. Feel free to
3: chime in, TD. Um, uh, I mean, I think an obvious one for any St. Louis fan who watches yeah. play Cincinnati this year, Jamie Fall is a pretty dangerous <laughs> yeah. in the air. When you said in the box, I'm just thinking in there. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely, AJ's good in the air as well, so maybe yeah. that's, he didn't even think about that. He's thinking about more crafty players with their feet. Right. Um, well, but, but he got back.
1: heated that first game. I mean, I feel like you got knocked down hard in that game. Mm-hmm. You got in some dude's face. <laughs> I'm point to AJ first, Tyler second. Also, one of my favorite things is you getting in someone's face because then I know they're talking shit on the field and you're getting pissed or they're like trying to pull off some bullshit. So, um, I love seeing that because I know your guys' personalities to a certain extent. So, um yeah so tell, honestly I just want to hear about Cincinnati. Can you give us some stuff about Cincinnati? It's early in the year. What a Who was that left back that was a complete he got dropped. But that dude was mean and you could tell he was kind of a dirty player. Yeah, I
3: forgot his last name. I did to The He's guy I got in his face. He took down Matt Sheldon. Yes. On the right that was in the first half on yes. our right back. I got yeah. a yellow card on that play. Um Yes, he, yeah. Um, I don't remember his name, but he hasn't got a lot of time for them since the start of the season. And I
1: heard a little bit about how – were they the team that was kind of – you wanted to beat them so bad because they were kind of dirty. Is there a team like that if it's not Cincinnati?
0: No? I think we – you know, St. Louis, I don't think we've beaten Cincinnati in three years. Um, So, in two years. um, I think we – You know, we definitely want to get up for that game. Everything. One thing that I think Cincinnati, you know, a positive that Cincinnati had this year was they had um, Jibby, they had Koenig, they had um, the last game we played. I forget his name, but he was with Vancouver Whitecaps for a while. He's a a oh, big white kid. What was his name? the, the back? No, up top. Oh, uh, Kyle Gregg. Kyle, yeah, Greg, Kyle Gregg. Okay, yeah. so th- those are three big and, you know, very good attacking players. And then they have Austin Berry and um, Delbridge in the back. Yeah. So that's, like, right up the gut. Um, so I think, you know, for the style that they wanted to play, they're obviously very good on set pieces, and set pieces are extremely important. Um, so I think that's definitely a positive that Cincinnati has. But, you know, we definitely don't get along with them, you know, by any means. So it's definitely a game that we're going to get up for, sure. and uh, you know, want to want to go out and get three points. Do you agree with that?
3: Agree yeah, right? for sure. I think I think our Charleston game got a little chippy too. I don't know if I, I don't know if I would label either of those teams as dirty necessarily. Good. I think we had a couple chippy games for sure, which yeah. happens naturally. we we were a pretty chippy team as well this year, yeah, I yeah, safe yeah. to say. Um, and my other. Um, Point about Cincinnati would be their. The, I think one name AJ didn't mention was McLaughlin and uh, Wiedemann mm-hmm. There, those two with whoever playing up top they were lethal on the counterattack. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got they had big boys in the back, and when they broke the middle line, it's like they are running at you full steam ahead. Yeah. Um, so that makes them a scary team to play against, just the way they transition so fast from defense to offense.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, in, in one of those games, it was the second away Cincinnati game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had that left-wing outlet. They hit him a million times. And I was actually impressed how often Taylor shut him down Yeah. because uh, he wasn't successful often, if at all, that game. Uh, I think they found other ways to score, but uh, yeah, I mean they're a really tough team to play in that way, and their style really benefits versus St. Louis's style, it seems like. For
3: sure,
2: for sure. Um,
1: Okay, how about, I don't think you mentioned, is there a player that you found difficult to face up against?
3: I think uh, one of the most talented, if not the most talented player in the USL that I played against was Parks from Pittsburgh. Okay. I think he probably wasn't as motivated as he maybe could have been yeah. but I mean just it's surprising his though his pure athleticism yeah. and ideas with the ball I mean I was be- I remember in particular being very impressed playing against him being like wow this kid is. So I'm watching him on video like this kid is something else or this guy is something else
1: very close to the guy in Bethlehem so I'll, I'll like I'll mention that you said that to him that's really interesting it's also interesting though because that's the dude that like I thought his career might be over after that yeah. kid you know what I mean for sure so I thought he'd come back pretty hungry but maybe not necessarily I, I think he could be in a a
3: higher league if he really if he really wanted to. That's how that's how highly I
1: think of his play. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Actually, um, let's talk about how you've been used this year, both of you guys. But well, we're gonna start with you, Tyler, since uh, AJ just ran in the bathroom. I assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I no, uh, Tyler. Let's talk about it. you've played anywhere from center back to just under the striker to. Perhaps being kind of a target striker as well, um, but that's just for me. Why don't you list off all the positions you feel like you've played this year, and, and we'll go from there. Um, well, in the Cincinnati game alone...
3: Not goalkeeper, as far as I know, at least. Not yet. <laughs> We've got two games left. Work on that. In the Cincinnati game alone, I started up top, um, a little bit more underneath role, Um and then late in the game, I dropped to the center back to be a third uh, third center back. Um, at one point, Ryan Howe got injured, and so I'm pretty sure I went back to left back in the first half for a minute. Oh, or just a minute that. or okay. two while he was off the field. <laughs> um, I've played center mid, you know, quite a bit last year and this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think I played really any outside mid this year. But other than that, outside back, I don't think I got a, or just a little bit in that game, but other than that, just anywhere down the middle, pretty much, I think is.
1: And the US could, get, could use a good left back, so maybe you should pursue that. <laughs> i got on my
3: left foot. Yeah. <laughs> there you
1: go. Uh, no, so, I mean, is there a favorite spot for you to play? Where do you, let's say your favorite, and where do you think you're most effective? On this level and perhaps higher. I would
3: for both. I would say uh, somewhere in the center mid. Okay. Um, you know, I'm. I would say I'm. My best attribute is probably my mind more than like my athleticism. Um, so maybe not always necessarily in a four-four-two is the best suited for me as a center mid as an eight that goes box to box. I definitely prefer playing like more of a six role of like yeah. you know sometimes we play a diamond midfield. I'm really really comfortable in a diamond midfield playing on the bottom
1: yeah.
3: as a six. Um, Do you like
1: having dual sixes at
3: all or really like Um, I don't mind it. Okay. I don't mind it. I definitely kind of like to run the show in there on my own yeah. and have my own space. But I I don't mind that at all. I did that at SLU a little bit actually my okay. sophomore year. Um, with the Serbian kid. We both played uh, defensive mid together. Um, but, yeah, I definitely like the midfield. Um, I don't think up top is meant for me. <laughs> uh, I Both my parents were strikers, though, so yeah. I don't know, maybe there's a future there. Uh, and I'm very comfortable at center back because I played there all college, so yeah. I can see myself playing back there sure. at this level or hopefully a higher level at some point, potentially. Yeah. Uh, so
1: obviously you're solid defensively, and you can get forward. But there's a lot to be said for a mentally strong center back as well as a big number six. Uh, I mean, but as far as your striking, yeah, as far as your striker uh, comment, first, I can tell you have the instincts. Even, like, the very first time, you know what, the best example was the preseason game against Tulsa at the Slough Stadium. Okay. You were playing a 6 role old think or a midfield role. I think I was a midfielder. Yeah, 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 game, yeah. And you got forward, like, twice. And both times – you passed it off, and you just ran a straight line at, at the near post or something. And it was just, like, natural for you, it seemed like, to do that. And not everyone on the USL alum even knows to pass it off and make a good run, even if it's to distract someone. So you showed those instincts. I thought it was uh, something maybe you just picked up from the parents. Can I, ch-
0: can I chime in on that real quick? Yeah, yeah please, please do. TD T- just, I mean, he, can, he reads the game very well. So the no, theme, no matter so, yeah. no matter what position you'll put T D in, he understands the game. Um, when you saw him multiple times at the attacking mid, you know, for his ability to hold the ball up and to combine with, you know, a simple one touch layoff or, you know, to bring the ball in with one touch and then a second touch, you know, to switch fields, whatever it might be, you can just tell his knowledge of the game is you know, is a very very beneficial for you know for our team, mm-hmm. especially. Um But I would agree with him. I like him in the center mid, like a number six role. He's got good leadership skills, good organizer, and he always wants the ball. So that's something from a center back perspective that I really enjoy playing with. He's also obviously very good in the air. But always wanting to be on the ball as a a defensive mid was, you know, something that center backs, I guarantee, really, really like to play with. That's awesome. Uh, Really good to hear.
1: Uh, someone who actually knows that able to say something. Like that. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: You, uh, your points were fantastic. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, AJ, let's let's talk about uh, what you've done this season because you just went from you guys being, like I said, two of the three that kind of came back from last year. Yeah. This the way the team worked Excuse me, last year compared to what this year has been. Totally completely different. Day difference, yeah. right? So as a center back, I feel, I feel like you guys, guys are bit the hardest in that, in that world. So, so can, can you, you talk about the difference you know, between last year and this year for you as far as what you were asked to do?
0: Um, in terms of asked to do, it was more styles of play so last year was a completely different style than this year this year we were a lot more high high press um you know really wanted to put the other team on a back foot you know to start the game and throughout the 90 minutes uh, we wanted to get a lot of pressure on their back line um so from a center back perspective this year was a lot different in terms of how high we wanted to keep our line and how you know how tight, how tight we wanted to keep our midfield and our backline together. At times, I think we struggled with that. I think there was a gap between our backline and our midfield. More, you know, more we should have done better with that. Um, but last year. Last year, we weren't so much of a pressing team. We didn't technically sit back all the time, but we definitely set our line deeper than what we did this year. So from a center back perspective, um, last year I was more of an organizational thing. Obviously, it's super important for a center back to be, you know, vocal and organ- organizing, but um, this year it was – a lot more positioning, Um, communication was still a big factor, but when you can read the game and you're set back a little bit and kind of let the attacking team come at you, it's easier to read. In terms of, you know, 100 miles an hour and to press the back line, you know, you got to be on your toes, on your toes and just be thinking, you know, extremely, extremely fast. Um, So that was definitely... Which I've
1: heard that especially is the hardest thing going from... Now, you've been in the league forever, but like... Not forever, but a long time. Uh, going from, say, college to USL, that right. seems to be... The fast thing it seems to be the hardest thing to, to gather at first.
0: Mm-hmm. So It's just more gifted more gifted players. I got it. More gifted players. And, you know, in college... The game moves faster. In college, you know, as you get older, um, you know, age, it's, you know, the gap's four years. Well, you know, you could... We got Aiden Stanley, who's, you know, on our team, who's 17 years yeah, old, right. going, going up against 33-year-old veterans, you know, he could, if we played Phoenix this year, you know, he could be going up against Drogba. So, you know, that's a big difference between college and, you know, professional, but...
1: One of my favorite games, if I can interject, was, yeah, go ahead, was go ahead. watching uh, you guys play Orlando in preseason,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, like... Talk, I got to talk to the academy kids after you guys faced up against them and yeah. so like we had 16 and 17 year olds facing up against Kaká right like how awesome is right. that oh, that's it's such awesome. a cool that's thing awesome. not to mention
0: the other amazing right. players on that team I mean he's a Ballon d'Or winner so like right. for some of us to get the opportunity to a field with Kaká and you know, we got uh, Sean Wright, Phillips in the league now, in Drogba. So that's just like, True. we didn't get to play against him this year. Like, right. you know, Joe Cole played Maybe against Joe Cole. Maybe next year, who knows? knows? Yeah, got to we'll play against been. Joe Cole. Like, yeah, Joe you know, Cole, these are, uh, you know, these are people, you know, idols that people look up to, and you know, grow up watching. Me being a, you know, Chelsea fan, watching Joe Cole and Drogba. Yeah. and you know, that's, that shows where the USL is going, which is definitely, you know, awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been improving throughout mm-hmm. the last few years for, for sure. sure. Um how did you get to play in that Orlando game? I played in the second half. Yeah, I, I thought you did. So what was like what was that like for you? Tyler?
3: You know, it was it was cool, obviously. It's cool to get an experience like that. Um one of the coolest parts was the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Brand new stadium wow, that's was gonna say, that's say the stadium same stuff. Stadium awesome. yeah, Gorgeous. Just uh but getting opportunities like that is obviously amazing. I think we played DC before that yes. already, so it wasn't I think it was a little less of a shock maybe, you know, to be explaining it. But it was still it was it's an amazing experience to be able to do that. But at the end of the day you're a professional. You gotta take advantage of those opportunities. Those those Orlando City MLS coaches are watching the whole game. They're not just watching their team. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So let's let's kinda wrap it up. Um I am gonna ask you if there's anything else you wanna say before we end. So we'll we'll end with that. But before we talk about that, um, where would you guys set a goal for yourselves? Like, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? There's a lot of t- opportunity in USL. You're seeing a lot of USL guys fill in for MLS injured players and doing just fine. You know, like they're holding their own against MLS players. It's, it's kind of surprising how the level isn't quite as far as it, as it used to be, I feel like. Would you agree with that, My time? opinion... I mean, I
3: haven't played in MLS, so yeah. I guess my opinion isn't as valid as, you know, somebody like AJ or somebody else. I think that there's not as big as a gap as people think between the MLS and USL but I think there's a small percentage of exceptional players on each team in the MLS that yes. are that much ahead That's exactly awesome. so there's a few players above that make that an MLS team but there's a lot of USL players that can slide in or there's a, as you see with especially like the Orlando City B or like the New York Red Bulls too there's guys who come down from the MLS and they look like USL players as well because mm-hmm. there's not as big as a gap but there's a couple of guys that make them that much of a difference.
1: Well, a perfect example I feel like is Orlando City B when you played there versus when you played here. I mean, you handled the crap out of Orlando when they came up here but down there they had a lot of their MLS guys come down. It was a lot easier um, when, when they didn't have those guys. Right. And, and I don't have a list of exactly who was there who wasn't but it, it did seem like there was a big difference. Yeah. So.
0: I agree. I mean, I agree with TD. I don't think the gap is as big as people think. Yeah. Um, well, you need one there, right? One person that comes uh, to mind was Besancourt for the Red Bulls. Correct. That's like exactly he's what been, I was thinking of. Yeah. He's been um, getting time with the first team, and you know, in my opinion, I think it's just about young guys getting the opportunity, mm-hmm. getting the opportunity to go in and train with some of these, you know, MLS players and some of these world-class players would only raise someone's level that much more, in my opinion. So I think the big thing is, is if you saw more USL guys get that opportunity to you know to see what they could do at the next level in the MLS I yeah. think you would be surprised at how, how good that they can do um, how well they, they, they could do um but, you know, like we were just saying, year, year to year, the USL is going to get better. Um, you know, they're officially the second, you know, the second best league in the country right now. And mm-hmm. with uh, more and more USL teams are, are looking to build, you know, awesome stadiums. Louisville City, I think, you know, just confirmed that they're going to build like a 10,000, 12,000 person stadium. So the league is growing. It's growing fast. Um, so compliments to the USL. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good league to play in. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of us have played, you
3: know, AJ played in the MLS. Right. When I was in college, I trained with Chicago Fire. I trained in Sporting Kansas City. Oh. I was drafted by Vancouver. I trained in Vancouver for preseason. So we've all been in MLS, or a lot of us have been in MLS clubs and played with MLS players. It's
1: good to hear. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. I imagine, I know, I mean, you've trained with a lot of people. You mentioned Colorado earlier, and I didn't wrap up on that. Right,
0: you? so I, uh last off season last off season I uh, or two off seasons to go um, went in with a little stint with the Red Bulls for like 7 to 10 days and then I went to Colorado for two weeks I believe um, on like trial so you know I've obviously played in Houston for two years, but, you know, the MLS is, you know, I think the goal for any person in the USL, I think, to, to make that jump to get to the top league. Um, I think that has to be everyone's goal in the league. Um, and I think it's possible. I think uh, it definitely benefits being on a successful team. I think that's you know a big, um, a big advantage to be you know in the finals of the USL Cup or to be you know one of the final four teams, so you can get that exposure. But anytime you play against a you know a, uh, an MLS two team, there's people watching your games. Mm-hmm. So every game matters. TD mentioned on it earlier. Like no matter what game you're playing, and there's there there could be people in the stands watching that one moment could change you know could change you know the future of your soccer career Um, so you really got to take it day by day and just bring a professional professional attitude to every game to every training session you can and wait for your moment wait for your opportunity and once you get your opportunity to make the most of it
1: really good stuff AJ let's finish with any final thoughts especially if there's a way we can Within our means in the positions that we're in, um, kind of maybe talk about give people a feeling of maybe misconceptions about the team maybe letting them know you know what it's like to be in your position or maybe even like positives of the future like let's not freak out about exactly you know how the team has been or, or what it's been like this season um, just final concluding thoughts with that in mind, Tyler. Let's talk. Let's start with you.
3: Um, you know, I think I have mentioned this to you before. Uh, I think one reason that this season has been such a downfall and such a disappointment at this point is because the expect, expectations were that much higher with all the things that the front office did with bringing in Precky, with bringing in the players. And so I think it's important to realize there was a lot of good out of this season, there was a lot of good soccer played there were a few bad moments that and in any sport, a couple moments can change an entire season, a game or two can change an entire season and there's probably some games that turned our season um, but at the end of the day I think we had a quality group and I think that I think that if this you know, I, I'm not the GM I'm not, I don't know what the future holds but I think if this group, if the core of this group is back together that this group will have something to say next year in, this, in the USL and in the Eastern Conference for sure.
0: Oh man, I think TD just hit that the nail good. on the head. Yeah, I think <laughs> TD hit the nail on the head. Um, this, you know, this season I know the fans had really high expectations um, as did the players. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go but, you know, we have to remember that we did, you know, we only returned three players. We brought in a whole new locker room, a new coach. Um, And this is by no means an excuse, but, you know, what do they say? Rome wasn't built in one day. So this is our first season together. Um, We definitely had higher expectations, but like TD just said, if, you know, the core group of guys, if we bring back, you know, a lot of the guys, I think this team has, you know, a lot of future success um, in the USL.
1: And I think I think i'm maybe i can't keep track of what we talked about before and, and during but i think we mentioned how every player on this team i've talked to has mentioned how high the quality of players are that you guys have on this squad how intense you know what'd you say like eight, seven on seven or whatever you guys would practice during a, a game would get really intense and be really star quality things would happen during that game and then um It just didn't work out. Like, perhaps all there is left is to make a few ads, continue on what's happening, figure out what works in USL as a coach and as a a team that's that's planning game to game on what to do and how to do it with a certain group of guys. That's something you can build on uh, from year to year. Last thought. Anything else on that, Tyler?
3: No, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody... You know, we can say that this was good. This was good, but at the end of the day, we all need to go home or go wherever we're going for the offseason, Look ourselves in the mirror, find a find a thing or two to get better at. You know, you're not going to get better at everything in the off-season, but find how you're going to be able to help this team a little bit more. Um, starting with the front office, all the way through the players, and I think you know if that many people can make a little adjustment, and you know we can all collectively be in the same mindset. Um, some special things could happen. Happen so, but everybody has to take a look at themselves in the mirror first yep. and figure out what what their
0: what their role is and how they can improve for this team. Top Just to touch on that, we have two games left. We have two games left, so now is a moment where coaches and Precky was preaching this the other day that now is a moment where you really want to see, you know, who wants to be here and who's a true professional in these last two games. So yeah. um, I mean,
1: that's two games to figure out the team. Like, absolutely. if you're
0: going to bring back a lot of the season, yeah, which I hope. look at it as, a, as a tryout the whole season is a tryout you it's know true. but these are two games that you know guys could put a you know a stamp could put a stamp or you know um, end on a strong note for, for to put in the coach's eyes the front office's eyes and not only that
1: but like how Preki can try to use each guy next year right. if he does if he is able to keep whoever on the team right. um, how to best use those people to win for this sure. next year that makes sense all right, guys, I think that's good. I just want to personally thank you guys for your service, for the physical, the mental trials you have faced this season. You guys have really uh, been able to put in all you could uh, for yourselves and for the city, so I appreciate that. And thank you again for joining me.
0: Thanks thank for you very much. Us. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter,
0: Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you like read on air, please send them to
3: Reports at gmail.com.